0: Hey everyone. Thanks for listening to Life After GDPR, the podcast about data privacy and digital marketing. This episode was recorded at Measure Camp Amsterdam, where I got to interview Till Butner. Till is the head of analytics at DHL and at DHL, they have been really proactive in their approach to GDPR. They have some great blog posts online about how they optimize their consent rate and Till is just an all around great guy. If you want to follow him online. He is on Twitter under the name Orsi O A R S I. One little warning, though, if you do follow him, you will be hungry because he posts amazing food pictures as well. Hope you enjoyed this episode. At the beginning, we talk a little bit about Measure Camp. There was a big Measure Camp fan as well. If you haven't been to a Measure Camp, go to one. You will enjoy it. Have fun. Hey, good to see you. Good to see you. You had a good drive. Yes, you came this morning from Germany, right? Yes, three three and a half hours dedication. So, yes, and so it's fifth time. Fifth time, Measure Camp Amsterdam. So you've been to every Measure Camp Amsterdam. Yes, very nice. Feels feels like coming home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So let me normally I close the session with that question, but let me start it with you. Awesome. So why why should somebody who's watching right now why should they attend Measure Camp? Like what, what is it that makes you drive three hours on a Saturday to come to Measure Camp Amsterdam?
1: Hmm, hard to answer in just one sentence. It is the people, the atmosphere and the knowledge. So it is getting to know people who are just nerdy, like all of us in some kind. Um, the knowledge every bring, everyone brings in, doesn't matter if it's a junior or professional or some like Steen, like always in the business, but everybody brings in some kind of knowledge. Um, everybody is keen to share and to listen. Um, there's no, no competition between people showing their stuff. It's not like mine is better than yours. No, it's, we we are equal. We are here to share and to learn. Um, and especially here in Amsterdam, the atmosphere is, is like coming home. It's like meeting your family and and having good chats. So yeah, you, you sold it. (laughs) I'm coming. I'll wait. We're here. Yeah, yeah,
0: c couldn't agree more. Um, so you know, if you're watching this, you've never been to Measure Camp, go to a Measure Camp, there's probably one please. close to you. Yes, please. Um, so I invited you to talk not necessarily about Measure Camp, but about uh GDPR. So you work at DHL. So what is, what is your role at DHL?
1: I'm working now since eight years at DHL. Um nowadays as team lead of a small digital analytics team we're responsible for everything around implementation um i always tend to say reporting but we try to convince our stakeholders that they do the reporting themselves so not reporting but kind of using the tools getting insights uh, ab testing uh, online feedback session recording so everything around these topics of analytics and ux exploration are we mm-hmm. uh, name it And we are a team of uh, five people, including myself, um, looking after DHL.com, which is the main site, and at the same time consulting um, others in the company who have websites uh, in all of these topics. And as a side topic, that's funny because it, it started like we didn't want to have this. It was GDPR. <laughs> Nobody wanted to have this at yes. the beginning. Huh? Nobody. Yeah. And and still, I don't know if you want to, but yeah, so we have to. Yeah. Um, and I think two and a half years ago, we started with, um, yeah, we, you need a concept banner we were like, oh yeah, okay. So what can we do? And I had the luck that I have a team member who was really keen into looking into this and he set up like an AB test for um, content banners and so we get started so it was more from a technical side that we started this and then later on get more into okay what does gdpr mean for us where do we struggle where do we have to look at and overall what does it mean for us so it is it is not just we have we have to follow regulations but there's mentality we build up on this so yeah yeah because I, I think that that
0: um Let's call it a case study. You guys published it, mm-hmm. right? The results yes. of the A-B test of the consent banner. I think that got a lot of traction in our is world, it? right? A lot yeah. of people looked at it because it is one of the topics that we are scared of, right? Like if you say to an analytics or to a marketeer or an analytics specialist, like we're going to put a consent banner on, then they think, well, if the consent banner works, right? Because usually they don't work. But if the consent yeah. banner actually does what it says it does, then I'm going to lose a lot of my data
1: how did how did it okay. go internally at d h l completely the same, so marketers are still scared if if we talk also about other websites um I think so the first thing what I said before it's the mentality the mentality is no consent, no tracking um from stephanie Amel mm-hmm. um and really, we're really into this because we're saying it um we have to take the user's choice as something. Um, which is, which has a value for us. And for us as Deutsche Post DHL, we always work with, uh, on the, on the um, part of privacy, because if, if you, if you transport, uh, a mail or package, you don't have to look into it, right? So there's a, there's something about privacy about something you do. So privacy is at our heart. Yeah. And with this, in this moment we said, okay, we have to do it here too. Um, at the same time, we said we are analysts what we can do is we can look into data. Why don't we do this? So if we have in concept banner, which is not performing it, it wasn't performing at all in the beginning, I think we had a conversion rate of or opt-in rate of of 40%. So really, really not good. So what you can do is let's have a look into what can we change and how can we optimize? And that's where Christopher came up and said, okay, let's do an AB test. And he figured out 144 possible tests. was like hey that's too much Mm -hmm. but then we we narrowed it down to i think nine in the end we tested and why should do why should this be a problem to test this because you have two things in mind the first thing is you value the um the 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 the, um, choice of the user because no opt-in nothing is happening at the same time you try to make the best out of it that should be fair and so no that's that's where we're coming from i think this it's something everybody can do. Everybody can test their concept banners. Yeah. Um, I have to say we are very privileged because people will come to our website no matter what because they want to know where their parcel is. Yeah. So, Where's my package? Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So there's a lot of privilege in things we do because we will have traffic no matter what. But at the same time, it just can, can encourage people to test. Yeah. Because there's nothing to lose. If yeah. you test, there's nothing to lose. And if you, maybe can you
0: summarize a little bit what what were your main learnings from the uh, from the consent banner A/B test? Like what what were the things that really stuck out to you? Um,
1: I think the main thing was the more, sorry to say, or oh, sorry for this wording, but the more into your face it is, the more likely people will recognize it. The smaller it is the less they will recognize it. Is it good? Or is it not? I don't know. So perhaps the bigger it is, people are more likely to say, I don't care. Yes. i no." know, but go, go away. Out of, go yeah. away. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, if you go with their option, if they say no, you don't track, that's fine. So yes, if it, perhaps it's a little bit annoying for them, but it helps you. So I don't say, um, because I, I didn't say we need to annoy people. That was, this is the regulation. They say you need to annoy people because you need to have the opt-in. Yeah. Then opt-in is always annoying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, 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 the bigger it is, the more people see it, the more likely they will interact. Yeah. I can, Im- like, I was
0: thinking when, when you mentioned, uh, a lot of people will come to your website anyway, right? I was thinking mm-hmm. about my own situation. I'm waiting for a package. I mm-hmm. clicked the link. I think you have a lot of mobile traffic. It's yes. Probably. Right? Yes. Yeah. So then, especially then, right, big pop-up, opt-in, you just click, go away. I want to know where my package is. Yes. Right. so I can also imagine that the state of mind where the, when the user is at your website, and in your case, they have a really clear goal in
1: mind. They know under this pop-up, it's something this is the, what they want to see, right? So, yes. uh, yeah. Yes, it, this definitely makes a difference. We, we have also seen that with marketing campaigns, um, it is more likely that marketing campaigns don't get so much opt-in than a track and trace page. Because people, are, yeah. the, the the idea of what I get
0: behind yeah. is clearer. You want the dopamine hit, yes. you already know <laughs> it, right? So uh, w- when you say a marketing uh, page, what what, mm. what could be like an example of that? Like, what oh, kind we, of...
1: we have a lot of brand marketing um, stuff going on. Yeah. So um, we had a big e-commerce campaign last year to attract kind of um, customers do e-commerce okay to so b2b, yes, B2B yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i got you yeah okay and there you would
0: see a lower opt-in rate than on the trackers yeah. yeah 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 and um so you started this journey you i think it's really uh nice that you went through this test also really uh amazing that you shared it because you know for a lot of us that's uh that's a super valuable insights and also inspiration for companies to take that approach how how was management involved so you are you head up your analytics team but obviously there is layers above right and and um uh, compliance is usually you know it's probably also something that goes top
1: down like they tell you we have to do something so it it went from the data protection officers to us uh, through different hierarchies in the end the hierarchies were involved not involved in the tests at all but in the beginning and in the end so they said, okay, we, we need to do something. So we get the um, request and uh, how we did it was completely on us. Okay. So we decided to go for an A-B test. We decided to um, challenge it. Yeah. Um, and then later on, it was kind of presenting the, yeah. uh, everything and bringing it back and saying, okay, uh, I think once in between we had a moment where we said, okay, we want to do another test. That's why we can't roll out yet. And yeah. this had to be approved because um, it it was for the whole website uh, with the traffic and so then it was it, it needed to be to have a decision where someone says it's okay if we wait another two months and just test before we roll out yeah um, especially it was in, in the beginning so what you could also do is you, you just roll out you have a content all over your uh, website and then on different pages you test different things so also possible yeah um if again, you have enough traffic yeah. again yeah. exactly it depends on your setup so that's also why what we did is nothing someone should copy it it is it was special for us yeah it's more as you said the idea behind inspiration to, inspiration yeah. to to do something like this
0: yeah um but what i what i'm also interested in like DHL i think is you know one of the bigger enterprises of the world right so um Decision making is hard, right? Making making a decision across an organization is even harder. The more people work together, the more, you know, that, that, uh, that balance is off. And in this case, you and the marketeers like are the ones that use the data. Mm -hmm. And then maybe on the product side also, you know, there's also data that's being used for other insights, but, but mostly you're, you know, you're impacted by this, but the decision. Did the decision, were you guys proactive, like we have to do something with this, or was it top-down, you guys have to do something with this?
1: In in regards of the, the test itself? No, and, in
0: re, in regards to taking GDPR seriously, right? To like basically mm. making those steps and, okay. and really moving towards um,
1: it. I had already ideas, about, so I followed GDPR, um, but to be honest, I hadn't had it in front of my eyes like our data protection officers had and they brought it forward and they said okay we need to do something because this is a big risk um and so there we we took action nowadays it is different because and that's also something i can just encourage everybody who has the possibility to get close with their data protection officers um and people are often afraid of talking to them it's like oh data protection i don't know um gonna ask hard questions (laughs) but the funny thing is we have um every week half an hour slot with our data with one we have more than one with one of our data protection officers responsible for us and we really really have a good connection so uh, shout out to andreas schmitz who's our data protection protection officer because he's really yeah. it went kind of in a journey because we needed to understand him and he needed to understand us yeah and the more we work together and the more friendly we were to each other because we wanted to understand our worlds, um, the better it got. And so nowadays it is, if we have to be, if we bring something forward, he's directly into it and say, hey, let's let's do it like this. And you know, he, he knows our mindset and we know his mindset. So yeah. if we approach him, he already knows. We try to think about how it could be solved.
0: Yeah. So it's a bi-directional thing, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And I've, I think that's, like you said, it's scary. Not that all DPOs are scary, but you know, it's it's um, for a lot of marketers and and analysts, it feels like you are giving up something, right? Mm-hmm. And the others are taking. Of course, that's not you know that that that's probably not how you should look at it. But the the knee jerk reaction is your data is being taken, mm-hmm. right? So so why would you know? You, you'll just let, let them tell me, what they, want me to, what they want to take and then I'll give it, right? But that's not the right approach. You'll probably end up with less u- with a less usable data set and a less usable relationship yep. than if you uh, talk to them.
1: Yeah, I, I think I made a talk two years ago about this where I said most implementations are already affected by data loss because if you use back in the day's um, universal, universal analytics, you work on sample rates most of the time. Yeah. So you're you already not working on 100%. So if you, if you have then a constant banner in place the, the change you have is perhaps even not as big as you think. So yeah. no, it's, it's the first thing to try to see how big the, the difference is. And then the second thing is to focus on certain areas and say, if I want to improve something, do I have the right amount of data at this place? Perhaps you have, but you haven't looked at it. And what is the right amount of data? Do we need, alter- and again. Privileged privileged situation um, of someone who has um, a million and more page views a month uh, on the pages, but at the same time, is it need? So um, let let me take a step back. We we can differentiate between bad and good traffic, and if. GDPR and content banners and everything takes back, um, away the bad traffic. Those who perhaps just bounce and who are not really interested. Yeah, Is this a problem for your business? Perhaps not. Yeah. The problem with this is you don't know. Yeah. But again, then you should be an analyst and dive into and find out, is it really a problem for yourself? Or perhaps you preserve the good data and can work with it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's that's a really valid point, right? What what's the data that you're going to miss by um, following the the no consent, no tracking? Um, what, what, do we, what do we call it? Approach paradigm? Because yeah. um, you you will definitely miss data. Did did you guys actually share where you ended up consent rate um, wise?
1: We have. we can also share the actual data. So we okay. we you're we constantly tracking it. We we are between seventy and seventy five percent. Yeah. Um, depending on and mobile is higher than desktop so mobile yeah. we have roundish 80 percent uh and then desktop is i think roundish 65 or something like this yeah um but yeah So and, and so and
0: that's and that's a combination of is that do you measure explicitly people clicking no or is it a combination of ad blockers so people not seeing it at all Plus
1: people clicking. No, no, though. no, it, this is really just from the content management tool yeah, itself. Yeah, exactly. Um, the, the opt-in rates. Yeah. Um, so there's also a little bit of the dark part uh, of people blocking sure. everything. Right. Sure. Okay. Yeah. But there's also a benefit, which we figured out because, um, Lucas Oldenburg has written a great, or a great article series about bots, um, and how to filter them and everything. And his conclusion between the lines and this is something I second and I would always put first, is content management is the best bot blocker you can have because most bots are not trained to click. Yeah. Um, and as, uh, at least if they are not trained to to click opt-in because they also want to have a conversion rate thing going on to be paid, but most of them are stupid. So they will fall under the umbrella of, oh, that's right, done. Yeah. So from this perspective, content can help you already. Yeah. Um, we also saw of, of one of our smaller websites, um, big blog, uh, a big, big drop of data, which was coming from an Amazon, whatever, uh, as an yeah, ABS, yeah. uh, AWS uh, yeah. server, um, which we ha- wouldn't have figured out before. And so we, we saw this drop after concert and was like, okay, there is something happening with bots. Yeah. So um, this can on on this end of the story, it can help you a lot.
0: Yeah. I think definitely, I, I know in for e-commerce clients I've had in the past, there's a lot of competitors scraping your website with, you know, for, for checking your price change mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I know, I know that I've had an Amazon, uh, you know, refer mm-hmm. like bot traffic like that, and that f- we figured out that it was that, you know, maybe FedEx is... Uh, who calling. knows? No. <laughs> to be, to be honest,
1: I don't think FedEx and UPS, but no. In in, in general, so yeah. um, there are a lot of for, for us. It's more there are a lot of um, websites who try to scrape a tracking, um, mm. the tracking API, yeah. so people um use their service to track their parcel instead of ours. Uh, uh, yeah. So the, these yeah, kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and and, and, and so important. It it doesn't block. Those people to do this or these bots, they just don't appear on your in your analytics anymore, and that's something at least you want to have because yeah. you want to clean your data, yeah. and so you don't have to clean it afterwards. Right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's
0: a, a nice benefit. Yeah, but
1: but it shouldn't it, it shouldn't be the
0: idea of GDPR.
1: It shouldn't be why you bring no, it exactly. on.
0: <laughs> right, but we, we can have some benefits too. Yeah, right? for sure. for sure. <laughs> so um, if you look well of course you're continuously in this process still because it's an evolving thing but i think you guys are doing pretty well you've taken it seriously you've made some steps on it like what have what has been the hardest adjustment that your team has had to make going from like let's call it before gdpr data analytics to where you are right now
1: i think for the daily business nothing that's interesting um uh, but also, at the same time, we try to convince stakeholders that they do their insights because they should be data informed. So it hits more them than us. So you're facilitating them yes. more in getting the data yes. out. But yeah, you know, exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, I think what hits us most was not even the, the content management, but we got, as we had this clear um, connection to the TPOs, uh, we reworked our privacy notice. And this got kind of also our thing, uh, because it's all around how you work yeah. with data, and uh, so people should know what kind of data you track and where it's used and so on. Um, this was a big challenge. At the same time, it helped in two ways. First, you get to know all your stakeholders, because you have to knock on every door. Yeah, um, at that's this, a lot <laughs> at <laughs> the. Yeah. At the same time, which is in really interesting, is you build. If you, uh, we build, not you build. We build a data flow map because we wanted to know where the data is coming from and going to and where it's processed and in regards of g d p r it is very helpful to know where your data is processed what kind of data essential. you use <laughs> um and if you have this map ongoing, it helps you to understand to maintain this, so this is something. It's completely away from content management because it had, had, has nothing to do with it, but it has something to do with GDPR and know, yeah. your, you know your data and things going on. And this is something I just can um, recommend doing even. So it took us three months and a full, uh, uh, was it um, one, one manpower, woman yeah. power yeah. to do it. Um, but this, this was worth every outcome to see this on a map we, we did it in mural yeah. to start yeah i was going to ask so like basically in a, in a tool just
0: mapping out every step yes. of how the data flows through the company
1: and it um not through the complete company but until we are responsible yeah. let's phrase it like this um it is it, it, in the end it was a big thing between spider web and waterfall diagram yeah. um but um first impressive so also for our stakeholders i didn't thought this but we had stakeholders really kind of knocking on our doors after they heard it. It's like, oh, that you've done. Can mm-hmm. we have a look? Because this is interesting. We can understand which data we have, how we yeah. can use it. Um, and at the same time, it makes you compliant. Yeah. Be- because whenever someone is knocking on your door, you can pin on they're Like, yep, this data is going there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's, if we want to,
0: like, we've had a couple of talks now here and everybody has something to maybe, not necessarily complain, but, complain about the GDPR or how mm-hmm. it should change a little bit to make things more feasible, but everybody does agree with the principle of the GDPR. So I think, you know, moving forward, we, we also have to change. And I think making, making it visible where your data is like, that's going to be an essential element of everything, Because yeah. if, if you don't know how it flows and where it is, then the rest of your job becomes impossible. And, but for a long time, we, we never did it, right? We just assumed we throw it into this tool. We know how to use it at the end
1: and what happens in between well, but is, isn't isn't this a pity that we didn't so that we needed yeah. the privacy regulation yeah. to understand our own job so yeah. um uh, I, I guess um, we took the shortcut
0: to get to value right yeah. so it, the, the the business value is often generated at the end right we, we generate sure. some action and that does something to the consumer and hopefully that makes a better customer experience or whatever we're trying to do and we you know, we stepped over a couple of steps and we figured out that was possible and we just trusted Google, Adobe, and it doesn't matter who who it is in between to solve it and give us the end result, right? So we throw data in on this side and we get it out on that side and we do something cool with it. But yeah, now we're being made responsible. If you throw data in on this side, you have to figure out what happens here before you start using it there. And I think it's a good thing, but it, it does require a lot of, it does require extra
1: resources. It does. It, yeah. it definitely does. Um. And to be honest, I, if you would ask me what uh, what I would um, complain about GDPR, if if I have some complaints, I don't. I think we there could be things better for sure. Um, but in general, the idea behind I like, and every argument I had, and Tim who's also here, Tim Kopers, we had a lot of argumentation about GDPR on Twitter, and we we had a real kind of fight about this because I said. I like the idea behind and I like the idea behind no content, no tracking. He was like, No, but it's a new thing and um in in the end, I think most often it is a thing of we need to change and people don't like to change. Yeah. And no, uh, this this brings kind of oh, we have to change, but we we are so good in what we do actually. If so if we change what does it make with us if you yeah. have to change? So change management is something which is definitely needed if you talk about GDPR yeah. and how we behave.
0: Yeah. And and that and that ties in really well, I think, also with the maturity of our industry. So I think, you know, you you have a team, right? You have a you work for a large company, there's resources available, you have a team. But in for a lot of companies, analytics or digital marketing has all you know, has started out really small and has stayed small because they were able to do a lot with a lot of heavy lifting by the tools right sure. and nobody really knew how it all worked but did something right the the, the results were pretty okay and yeah. now it's it's gonna it's it's gonna require a more serious approach to to actually uh, make that happen and and change like you said is 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 that's also part of the resources you're gonna need right you're yeah. gonna have to invest in in, in that doing that that's
1: true yeah uh, perhaps i don't make friends saying this um but i think that we spent too many years in just looking at marketing data instead of product and data. Um, we invested millions, so not be at DHL, but in Mm -hmm. general in our industry, there was spend a lot of money into advertising and everything like this and less in UX less in the products. Yeah. And I think with this, we, we dig our own, um, Hole where we stepped into yeah. because if we have focused much earlier on making our product which is the website yeah. or the app or the digital product we have better yeah. than just throwing people at it with money
0: yeah yeah i think i think it was just uh it was just the the, the easy path right the the short-term easy yeah. path that got followed and now uh i think now we have a great example to uh to take maybe a more sustainable longer route to hopefully you know making data work for us um, so anybody who's, who's tuning in, um, at the beginning of their journey, like, what, what would you say? What, like you already said, ma- make a map, right? Map out how, what, how your data yes. is flowing through your organization, so to say, what would be another tip, uh, like a must have thing that they should think about looking back on your learnings?
1: In regards to GDPR? Yeah,
0: yes, Data so, privacy, uh, private GDPR. Private yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, understand what's happening. So the the GDPR itself, uh, 86, 87, eighty six, eighty seven, eighty eight sites, I don't know. Yeah, pages. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, um, yeah, But still, it is worth at least to flip through it to understand basics. Um, follow people like um Stefan Amel. Um, and now I'm pronouncing completely wrong. I think orally. Yeah. Um. Yeah. of course, Um. You and your podcast, because I think the more information we can learn, you can learn, you can get, better you are, um, um, the more skills you have. yeah. If later on you have to do something and if it hits you out of the blue, it's much harder to do anything than you have at least a clue about what it is, what it makes. So there are sometimes webinars or, or stories with um, Max Schrems and those people around. Listen to them, even yeah. if it sounds in the beginning like a oh, boring topic, legal deep In in the end, I I watched one which I was really into it, and it was, it was so I think in in the end I I live tweeted the thing because it was so good. So um I think make it I don't want to say habit, but part of your work yeah to inform yourself about what is happening. And the, the good thing is you don't have to read in each legal text because there are a lot of people who do this for you, but at least listen to those people to understand what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily enough, we don't have to read the legal
0: text, but uh, yeah, that's, that's what, you know, we tried to do with the podcast, try to make it manageable yep. and like a the little first step. And then of course, if you want to go deeper there, there's way more specialized content, but yeah, we try to take the approach from. Basically also learning about it ourselves and then interviewing people so um thanks thanks for sharing your um your knowledge and um yeah, hopefully you guys keep on publishing what you're learning because it's uh, it's super inspiring for others um, and uh, yeah
1: we'll, we'll we'll talk later at the event We'll talk later and thank you for having me because I'm I think I listened two days after you published the first interview with Orly and I was directly into it and so every interview you've done and the the last episode the fifth Where you just showed yourself what you how you deal with something is really 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 um valuable um so thank you and keep up the work yeah we'll do we'll
0: be trying to hopefully today (laughs) we're recording a lot of good stuff i think this was uh, very valuable to our uh, listeners thanks